0: Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Joanna with us today, who is a real estate guru, international speaker, trainer, coach, adventurer, mom, and philanthropist. Joanna helps high performing professionals avoid burnout by reigniting their passions and teaching them how to develop balance and elevate results in their personal and professional lives. High performers all face challenges in creating their ideal personal and professional lifestyles. Joanna creates an engaging experience that will guide you through creating the best strategies for business and empower you and your team with tools and techniques to bounce back from adversity and find greater success and balance. In these challenging times, it's important to understand our natural character and strengths to create positive flow in our lives. Joanna offers coaching around the VIA Institute character model to enhance performance. She is also a certified Jack Canfield and a student of applied positive psychology. Joanna, welcome and thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so grateful that you made the time. And you, you and I were talking beforehand about just you just came back from a trip to Las Vegas and the the post-apocalyptic seemingly scene you had there and contrasting it with reintegrating into where your home environment is. I was hoping maybe you would just kind of touch on what that experience has been like for you.
1: Absolutely. Um, I had an invitation from a friend to work together during this time, and I just couldn't think of a reason not to take it. Uh, At the time, literally, I was laying on my couch, my green couch over there eating ice cream, watching Netflix, trying to figure out what was next. How, what am I gonna do with myself, with my business? I, real estate is still my primary business in addition to coaching. And so I said yes, and then I created this new environment in, in a safe space. You know, groceries are delivered, somebody even came to walk the dog, we dinner. we worked out virtually um, with the trainer. Um, just really isolation, the, the way that I think was intended for us to do it. And then it time came time to come home, and in Oklahoma, we officially opened our state on the first um, on Friday, and then the week before that, we opened some personal care services lines, and I'm not sure what else. And, and to go from just absolute complete lockdown to almost back to normal, literally in a day, it was it was a bit. It, it, there was fear. I had fear coming home. I had fear of. Is, Is my business going to start back up? Is, um, am I going to be able to keep the positive attitude that I had while I was there having sunshine every day, eating right, exercising? Am I going to be able to keep those habits that I reset going when I get home? And so there's, there's a lot of fear around that, a lot of contrast. And I think we're all going to feel that to some extent when we try to go back to normal, whatever normal is.
0: What was the biggest thing that surprised you in terms of the fear that came up for you? You know, something that maybe, you didn't expect because I appreciate you bringing this to attention. I think that, you know, you hear a lot of dialogues. I just can't wait to go back to normal and knowing that there's not going to be a normal as there was before, but also, you know, going through a traumatic experience like this, the reintegration thing can be a shock. And even though it was this life that we all knew for so long, life has fundamentally paused and changed. Mm -hmm. And even if we go back to the familiar, it might seem different. What was the most surprising for you that has come up for you so far?
1: Well, I went from not seeing anybody, not touching anybody, keeping six feet different distance, everything around me being closed, to this was yesterday, I traveled yesterday, to getting here, starting my first coaching call this morning, and a text comes in from a girlfriend that said, do you want to go to lunch? And I was like, "Like, do you want to pick up lunch and bring it to my patio, or do you want me to meet you at your house and I'll pick up lunch? I honestly had to pick up the phone and clarify what she meant she wow. did No, there's this restaurant downtown that has a patio and we can go there and eat lunch today and i was like okay well this is somebody I'm, I'm actually scheduled to work with tomorrow so i knew i was going to see her so it wasn't seeing her that was a problem it was the you mean go to a restaurant and let someone else fix my food and bring it to me and sit on a patio potentially with other and that made me uncomfortable but i did it anyway because i knew i was going to have to do it again and i knew there was there were going to be some shifts in going from isolation which is the last thing I ever thought I would tolerate to reintegrating. And we talked about it almost the whole lunch is, is how mm. this is the first time for all of us to go through this. And it's going to be different for each of us, depending on how we handle our own boundaries. And, um, that was the biggest surprise to me because I am the first one that said, I want to have Mexican food and a margarita on a patio ASAP. And I got to do that today. I manifested it. fast. <laughs> <in a little laughs> It was that wasn't ready. You know how many times does that happen? Those of us that know how to manifest, we're like, oh wait, I wasn't. Oh, I brought that on. Oh, I wasn't ready. <laughs> so I think I think we're all doing that to some extent, ready for normal, and then normal normal comes and slaps us in the face. We're like, how's that for? Are you ready? Um, I don't have Instacart here in my city. We just don't have that delivery service. That means I've got to go to the store. I haven't gone to the store yet because I don't really want to.
0: You, know, I'm curious. So, like, I'm I'm imagining myself being in that first time, and going to the patio, <clears throat> and observing people. And because I've noticed it with myself too through this whole thing, I I, I feel like I'm I I would strive to not be a very judgmental person, mm-hmm. but I definitely notice myself casting judgment more than I would care to mm-hmm. admit. And and in the judgment's been vi- very all over the place. It's never just one side. It's this or that. You know, judgment judging people for not being careful enough, judging people for being too fearful, and judging people for you know being irrational, being too rational. Did you notice for yourself? Like, I, I'm curious. Like, how are people behaving in the sense of are they are they just pretending like nothing happened? Are they? they just going right back to, okay, well, now we're, we're going to overly compensate and overly hug and overly touch. or And then is there judgments for you coming up in that as being someone who's just been removed from that for so long?
1: Certainly. Um, there were two other tables at the patio. Um, one was a family of three. And then there was a group of work colleagues together that obviously had been working together physically in an environment of some kind, but they were sitting as close together as you would on an eight top of a regular restaurant at a regular time mm. no masks no um you know they were behind me so i couldn't really see if they used hand sanitizers but the best of my knowledge they don't have purses they didn't um and then i took my mask off to eat and even when the chips came because I, I arrived before my friend did even when the chips came i was like do we need two baskets i mean do we eat out of the same basket of chips Wow. <laughs> you know wow. this is a this is a really close friend that, that we're going to be doing actual business together tomorrow in close proximity but I'm not sure I'm ready to eat after anybody right now and wow. she lives on a, on a farm and has six seven kids and two of her kids have gone back to work so I know she's been she's been careful but I know she's been exposed way more than I have and I'm here worried about whether we're going to share this chips. so I said I take my mask off to, to, to take a drink of my um, drink and I sat it on top of my purse which was sitting on top of the table which you know even just putting your phone down and your purse down and your book down or wherever all the things I never ever thought about and then my mask blows away and it, and it falls onto the the patio and it blows away and I'm like well not going to be used that mask is now dirtier than anything that I was going to protect myself or anyone else <laughs> so yeah. it's just those are the things that you're just like whoa now what I'm not going to leave because my mask fell on the floor I'm not going to put it back on, but now I'm going to have to deal with this. Um, you know, we didn't hug. We didn't well, normally, we would have hugged each other. and um, Yeah, but the judgment was there. I was judging myself, but, and I certainly wouldn't have checked it on Facebook that I was at this restaurant having lunch. And we were talking about our friends that had gone to some restaurant openings, two different friends, two sets of friends that we didn't even realize and were both at the same restaurant opening. And it was like, wow. They did it totally undercover. They didn't want people to know that they had gone out to dinner. But just like mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think, know that I was in Vegas because that might have seemed irresponsible to get on an airplane and travel when there were fewer people in two airports than there were in any grocery store i had been to.
0: <laughs> God, that's so fascinating. People feeling almost shame for going back to normal.
1: Mm-hmm. And shaming others. I, I, that's the part I hate. To see, but i I think there's fear. Does a lot of things. Fear, as you know, it's it's a very negative motivator, and um, yeah, it's it's gonna be different.
0: You know, being someone who I know this is early. So the time of this recording is May fourth, and you're early into it, which a lot of us are. I over in California where I live, <clears throat> they're saying the earliest is May fifteenth, although. You and I were just talking before and offline. I think California, Washington, Oregon have this Western states packed mm-hmm. or whatever. Nevada might even be in there too. I'm not sure. It is. It mm-hmm. is. It is okay. And they, I think Washington is already saying June 1st, which then if it's June 1st, so we're looking at at least another month.
1: Right. And Vegas isn't taking reserve. I mean, some of the restaurants and not restaurants, hotels that they were starting to take reservations for the last weekend of the month.
0: Oh, they are for like memorial. They,
1: they also started taking month fifteenth, but then they cancel them. So wow, yeah, it's definitely another thirty days out there for sure.
0: So somebody who's twenty four hours ahead of of uh, twenty four hours into it right now, what is like for those of us who haven't done the reintegration yet, and we may be looking at it here in the immediate future for us, what are some of your best tips you could give for that?
1: Um, I. I was thinking about this before I left and I've been listening to a lot of Renee Brown um, and she has this fun term that she's coined the FFT the flipping first time well it's all of our first times to do this and I think the biggest thing for me is because I've had a chance to slow down and really think about what this is what it was my biggest fear was not learning something from it Um, I was afraid I didn't want to be that person that just came out like, where did that time go and what did I not do or miss or accomplish? Um, but now I'm feeling more um, just the need for compassion and understanding for everyone's different levels because we all have different reasons why we agreed to the quarantine, whether it was to follow a social norm, whether it was to protect family members, whether it was to protect ourselves. And unraveling that's going to have the same respect. I mean, I just, my kids live here full time and they're teenage boys and I called to them, of course, eager to see them and he said well mom i think we probably better just meet outside for the first week or so and i I don't know if that's you know that was coming from him but it was a well we can't you can't you can't i can't just come over to your house again like nothing happened but again i don't know how much of that outside guidance but there is that now what what do we do if we haven't seen people for two weeks when do i get to go see my parents when is it safe for me to do that when is it safe for me to drop off a mother's day do i have to leave it at the door and and you know call her on the phone or wave at her through the window or do i get to go give her a hug for mother's day um, i think we're all going to be faced with those things coming up so they're real and i think they surprise us because we think we want it i couldn't wait to see my friends and at this point i was like are we doing that is that really gonna happen
0: <laughs> mm, wow you mentioned the compassion piece how are you exercising compassion right now
1: I'm trying to listen a little more because um, I'm, I'm a paid, you know, no holds barred, run forward to whatever I want to do. But in this case, the relationships that I care most about, I want to honor and respect. And I think letting, even though my confidence level might be a little higher because I left and came back and I saw a few things that most people didn't have to see or go through or Risk. Um, it's just let meet people where they are, mm-hmm. and you know it's sort of like a. It's like when someone dies, you don't know what to say to the friend, or they lose a child, or they lose a job, or they have a health crisis. It's that reintegrating with that friend that you're like, okay, what do I? I don't, I'm not going to. I don't know what to do, so I can't do any. I'm not going to do anything. Well, that's not an option for us here. We're all going to have to move forward in some way. But I think it's mirroring that person's desire for interaction and contact, and respecting it um, highly, because a lot of people have different reasons for having a desire to still social distance or to be um, extra careful. You know, we're already hearing about re- resurgences and, and cases going up in some areas that have opened up, and we're all afraid to some degree. Some of us are just afraid of losing our freedom and our, cho- our choices. Others are afraid of losing our lives or hurting our loved ones. So. I think we really have to just listen and not judge openly. I mean, obviously there's going to be judgment of our own, whether we agree or disagree, but just yeah, being patient, letting people lead with their comfort level.
0: Do you find that you I appreciate so much you sharing that because there's, there's a couple of things that really resonated with me with that. And I think especially acknowledging that there's becoming this polarizing dynamic now, right. Where there's, I need to wear the mask or I need to do this because I need to be safe versus f- taking away my freedom, herd immunity, we should just be let, let loose, figure it out, survival of the fittest, and then everything in between, and then even more extremes on the outside of that. Do you find <clears throat> in so doing, and through this whole process, and I know this is, this is pretty early on for you with it, so maybe it's not a fair question, and if it's not, you can tell me, we'll, we'll move on to something else do you find yourself, do you find you need to, you're finding that you need to extend the compassion that you show towards yourself as generously as you might show towards others. And do you find yourself, and the reason I say that is because I feel like, because I, I I resonate with you so much about the charge and I'm, I'm so, you know, maybe fearless to a stupid fault with certain things. Mm -hmm. And also like, I'm the one that will go and say, well, I'll, I'll just show like,
1: I'll know, figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find myself having to remind myself to j- slow down. But then I have this internal dialogue that says, well, if you do that, then that means you're going to be being more fearful. Or it means you're going to be this, or it means you're not going to be enough of this, or maybe you should do this because what are people going to think? Like all these types of things. And I'm just wondering like now, because you're, going, you're a, f- a few steps ahead of me in that you're integrating, actually physically doing this integration piece, do you find that you're needing to demonstrate compassion more for yourself than others?
1: Um, I'm, I'm thinking more about how my actions affect others. And previously, I would probably say that's a weakness of mine to just do what I want to do regardless of how it affects anyone else but in this case when we're dealing with a global health crisis just because i want to go and do and be and have people over go do things um doesn't mean that i can't respect other people's boundaries and issues um when i when i decided to go and i i told people in very trickling amounts because i didn't want the judgment i didn't want the backlash of oh you're just going to go to Vegas. I'm like, it's not like I went to Vegas and gambled and went to this pool parties. I mean, (laughs) it was still jail. It was just better weather. (laughs) Mm. Um, but I, I felt I was afraid of the judgment from that. And I think now I can turn that into, um, you know, I'm not going to be as judgmental of people that want to integrate a little faster than I choose to. Um, and I don't want there to be, I mean, the last thing we need right now is is judgment and more fear. And acceptance doesn't mean we have to agree. We just have to, we have tolerance. And so I'm grateful that my community has a little bit of both. I mean, we have a set of restaurants that are like, we're not ready to open. We love you. We, here's the food that's available curbside. And then like today I showed up to the restaurant and it was the manager, maybe even the owner who greeted me at the door. And I said, there there would be two of us. And he said, is your other party here? I said, no he didn't want to seat me till my other party arrived because he knew he could only seat so many people in his restaurants. And I said, I'll go ahead and order the food. You know, I'll guarantee, I mean, she was on her way. Um, but before that would have probably irritated me like, look, dude, we're going to eat, we're going to buy something. We might even have a margarita, but I totally understand that I was, a I was a human to him, but I was also a dollar in a seat to him. and I couldn't sit there for half an hour on my phone, sipping an iced tea. When he could have been turning what little bit of a lunch crowd he was gonna have. So I think understanding where people are coming from on this and, and even just staffing places uh, in Vegas, they were saying it's a lot easier to shut things down than it is to reopen because now they've gotta reintegrate staff. They can't put, I mean, in restaurants too. I read a great piece about some restaurateurs in New York how they can't keep up with their rent there because their capacity is going to be cut in potentially half. Somebody that was a 48, 48 seat restaurant, now it's going to be a 24. His $6,000 a month rent is not going to be met by 24 seats in however many seatings he has a night. Not to mention the back rent. And anyway, there's a that's a whole nother conversation. But I think all of us are going to be dealing with things for longer than we realize. It's not just about whether you hug your neighbor or have a house party or the picnic with people. It goes deeper for all of us, I think. And in Tulsa, we're largely small business, 90% of our industry here is small business. And that's classified as you know, 10 employees or less. So we've got a lot of people here waiting on stimulus money, the PPP money, the um, unemployment for gig workers. And when you're worried about putting the food in your refrigerator and keeping the roof over your house, I mean, you're talking about all top three Maslow things at risk for most people, for some degree right now and that's not anything we've ever seen in this world for that many people to be affected with those three big things at once and they're going to land differently with everybody
0: yeah it's you have all those needs being affected and then you have it's a really interesting dynamic watching play out right because we have fundamental basic needs being affected and challenged in so many days freedoms now is getting Mm -hmm. lumped in there too and then you have it magnified because we all have megaphones to be able to talk about it and go in. So you start to see, what's been fascinating about it is as an observer of the soul and a student of humanity is observing how you start to see these micro communities forming within, right? So it's before we'd have segmented society in the sense of, gosh, what's the example? Like you you were just in, if you were in Paris, and you're walking around, you don't speak French, and it's very overwhelming, and you hear somebody talking English, and your degree of separation, it's, it's so quick, it doesn't matter if they're a Republican, Democrat, whatever there is, it's, oh, that's an American, you know, that's my person. Or even just a
1: Canadian, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Common.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then now we have, you know, I think especially in this country, we've made, we've, we've formed so many relationships on divisiveness the last several years with it, like, you know, fear being becoming a a a, a weapon of, of segmenting. And now we have that even almost magnetized even more because we have these needs being actually really legitimately challenged. And, and it's just, it's such a fascinating thing to observe. I'm wondering, Joanna, in your observ- observations of this first day for, for foraging out into the world, <clears throat> do you feel like, Do you feel like the, the overall society that you observed, the people you interacted with, do you feel overall they're being respectful? And if you could offer other cities, people, communities who are thinking about integrating, what is one thing that they could all learn from you today about that you didn't see doing very well that we could improve on for our own integrations? Um,
1: that's a good question. I think going, back to the basics of mirroring their behavior i mean i i got into an elevator with somebody today for the first time i mean i came in the condo i was staying in i was in an elevator every day but there was never anybody else in it but today i went to my office to pick up the documents that i needed and no staff but i went in through the back door and then when i came down there was and i took the stairs on the way up and then on the way down i was carrying something heavy so i got an elevator and the gentleman in the elevator like Leaned up against the back wall of it, so I could do the same. But there probably wasn't quite six feet. But his reaction made me feel better that we were still trying to observe that social distance, Hmm. even in a wasn't a four by four elevator, but close. And just like, when did I ever have even the slightest hesitation getting on an elevator? (laughs) So I think it. I think my advice or the awareness that I would like to share is just be prepared for some things to catch you off guard, and. Recognize where that's coming from. Um, you know, fear is the false evidence appearing real. Well, the fear is pretty real of us sharing this disease or this illness. Um, but we can control our environments and create a different response. You know, create a response that creates a different outcome. But I would say just recognizing other people's boundaries and being fair and honest with yourself about what yours are. Um, it's getting ready to hail here. Valley and um, I drove by my friend. so there's a bunch of us that kind of live close together down here and prior to I, I, if you don't mind I would like to explain this because you were talking about how we find community so before we really thought anything would get shut down or we realized America wasn't immune to this <laughs> this pandemic um, but yet resources were limited this grocery store started closing earlier there was a little bit less food available um, we weren't going to happy hours or having dinner out. There was a small community of us that would get together for meals and somebody would bring the meat, and somebody would bring the vegetables or we'd call each other and say, why have paper towel, I have toilet paper? And we were meeting outside and we were mostly keeping the six feet distance. But it's when that shut down, it was like, wait a minute. That was already such a shift of how we normally socialize and now we can't see each other. I mean, we're, we were down to literally friends dr- leaving food on people's doorsteps that had that didn't need to be out. Um, so I think reopening, we've got to still honor some of that for people and what their limits are. I, but as, as I was saying, it's getting ready to hail. So I was driving around to this other area that had some covered parking. And I saw one of my girlfriends who I know is a caregiver of her granddaughter, her baby granddaughter. And so I wasn't offended that she didn't come up to the car I didn't have my mask because it blown away on the restaurant floor earlier. (laughs) So I couldn't even get out of the car and talk to her. But I absolutely know because I know how she was at the beginning of this that she's maintaining that. Um, Anyway, to to answer your question, I think just being patient with people and being willing to have your own boundaries. And with the Southwest, especially the Southwest flight attendants have social distancing on their mask it's a good reminder because you're standing in line you're, you're letting us go 10 at a time but the flight attendants still had to be pretty close to us but that reminder on their mask was like okay how close do i need to be, to be now
0: yeah. am i
1: willing to not stand up whatever but when the plane lands and just wait for the first 10 people to get off the plane because there's going to be times that we catch ourselves in that moment where social distancing either isn't happening or it's not as possible as it it's not it's not as easy to do when people start forgetting about it. Um, but just you know being mindful of what the people around you need and especially the people you care about and not saying, oh, you're you're being dramatic by not coming out or um overprotective. I, I think we just really have to be kind and sensitive.
0: Yeah, be kind. What a novelty, right? Right. Joanna, we just Usually a, I don't
1: have a lot of patience for that. Usually I'm the first person, especially as a coach, like get over it. What's the meat? Why? Why do? You, why are you afraid to come out of the house? Oh, oh, okay. you know, yeah. I'm not. There's nothing to dissect here. It's all new. It's a new trauma for most of us.
0: We just have a minute left, and I want to ask you. You mentioned earlier when you were on the on the couch eating ice cream, watching Netflix, <laughs> you had this fear of not learning anything during this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Emerging from it, like the time had just passed and you hadn't learned I'm wondering what you've learned and is it something and is what you've learned is it has it surprised you what you've learned
1: yes um certainly I have learned that we can reset our lives our expectations by making the decision to Um, I didn't have to leave my cute condo to exercise every day, get up every morning at seven to have healthy food only in my refrigerator to um, choose to not be around people. I didn't have to leave my environment to that for that, but I did. And that's why it worked. But now I know that I can change how I live no matter what. And I hope that sticks with me. And I also feel very lucky that I, and maybe a few steps ahead of getting back to normal, even though my integration isn't normal. I've been working every day. I've been available for my clients. I've gotten real estate transactions completed. I haven't been sitting back waiting for the world to open. And so I feel like this time was successful for me, but I was was really afraid that I'd look back and go, in six weeks, all I did was gain 16 pounds and become an expert on Netflix (laughs) binge-watching. I mean, there's a time for that, and it's okay to stop and rest, but I did not need to rest for six weeks, and I'm glad I didn't.
0: (laughs) Everyone, my goodness, is there some wisdom to take away here. Whether you are in the process of integrating right now, or you're getting ready through, you're gearing up, or you're wondering when the right time is for you, or you're just curious about how to be a better and more decent human being, I think Joanna just really laid out some really wonderful tidbits and wisdom pieces of information here on how to do that. From the first time you go back outside and trying to figure out the awkwardness of, well, do we grab the chips or do we not? Give yourself permission to sit through the awkwardness and just know it's okay. To when you hear yourself saying, well, is that person doing this? Is that doing right? That judgmental voice. Give yourself permission to acknowledge that you're probably doing something that everybody else is. And when you catch yourself doing that, remember to come back to that compassion piece, to remember that that's somebody on the other side, a human being on the other side of the behavior that is having their own family they're worried about, whether they're worried about sickness, they're worried about health, they're worried about career, they're worrying about <clears throat> their loss of freedom or whatever they're perceiving. Because There's not necessarily, give yourself permission to not see the world black and right, white, right and wrong, but as one human to another a human being that has fears, that has hopes, that has dreams, that has worries and is going through their own space too. I love that she ended it with that we have the permission, we have the ability to change our expectations at any given time. And what amazing gift that could come out of all this is to realize that it doesn't take a coronavirus, a COVID-19 pandemic to get us to stop and as we move forward, to get us to stop and really assess what and who matters most to us. That if there's behaviors, there's things that we want to make in our life, there's changes we want to make, whether it's to our exercise routine or how we grow our business or how we exist in our relationship, that we don't have to have it forced upon us. That any moment is just as good as the next, just like right now is just as good as what tomorrow might be too. And whatever moment you're gifted with, really take some of what Joanna advised and apply it. And when in doubt, just be kind. Jonah, thanks so much. This has been absolutely incredible. I so appreciate you sharing. And yeah, this what a gift this has been. Thank you. Thank
1: you, Jesse.
0: Absolutely. We will see you next time on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to